Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Welcome everyone. Um, maybe by a raise of hands, um, whose mothers that is still left in the building? Is there any mothers? Oh, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, where's the chocolates? Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Um, yeah, let me pray for us before we start. Let's just bow our heads. Yeah, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, for, for this night. We thank you for relationships, Lord. We thank you that it's something that's close to your heart. Yeah, Lord, and we, we ask, Lord, that you, yeah, that you will show us, Lord, what, what you want to show us tonight. Um, make our hearts open to, to whatever you want to learn us about relationships, about this, this topic that's close to your heart between a man and man and a, and a wife, a man and a woman. Thank you, Lord, that, you know, that it's something that, that is special to you and we, we just want you to open our hearts, Lord, to what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So this morning it was cold and rainy and I, I felt to ask the question and I, I want to ask it again. Discuss with the, 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 the person next to you are you a cold day, pancake, coffee type of person, or are you a warm day, swim and bright type of person? <laughs> okay, who is the pancake cold people? Okay, and the bride people, are you at day one this morning as well? I'm a pancake guy. I like coffee. I like to stay in bed, actually. And not really. But yeah, this was, this is, I'm very excited. Um, it, was this, it was really um, special for me to prepare this. Um, normally, Vian always asked me, you can, you can go talk about anything, you know, something that's on your heart. And uh, now he gave me basically uh, relationships, which, which closes it down a bit. And the only scripture that I really knew before this was Ephesians 5, and I knew that it's about wives that should submit, and you know, men that should lead and love. And I was like, okay, I know that one, I'm not going to talk about that one. And um, yeah, God was like, is it, you know? Are you not going to talk about that one? So, yeah, here we are. We're going to speak tonight about Ephesians 5, which is that, that topic. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really special for me to dig into something that I, that I thought I knew. And I, and I want to actually, um, yeah, a little bit of a warning. If you read it, it may sound familiar, but, but open your hearts to what God wants to show you. He, he, uh, he showed me a lot. He showed me a lot this week. So, just a quick question. Who of you are married? Okay, who's been married for longer than 10 years? 
Ou se... Como se quer falar, né, claro? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, we want to celebrate marriages, and um, it's special for us to look at you guys. Awesome. Praise the Lord. So, Ephesians 5, I think the reason also why I was a bit scared of, of you know, attacking this, this topic was, I think it's abused a lot. Yeah. So, it starts with wives, submit to your husbands. And I think it's a, a much abused topic, but it is so beautiful when you do it correctly. Okay, and if you, if you do it according to God's heart. Um, it's so precious. So, yeah, like I have been yeah, blown this week about this. Yeah, I'm really excited to also speak about it. And I, and I want to ask you if you are maybe a bit uncomfortable, maybe not, not only to married people, but if you feel, yeah, maybe the divorce word was used in your house, or maybe the, the separation word, or maybe, yeah, maybe you are single, or maybe you are engaged. Um, it's a special time, and there's some, I want to call it golden nuggets in this Ephesians 5, and um, that is encouraging for everyone. Okay, so please don't lose focus if you are not married. Um, it, is, it is very special. Um, God also uses this relationship between man and woman, and, and, he, and he compares it to Jesus and the church. Amen? So there's a lot of things we can, we can look at. All right. So now that we're on that topic, I want to ask you, where are you with your relationship? Either you are in a relationship or you are married. <laughs> or you are single. Yeah? And I want to ask you if you are, if you are single, um, yeah, how does your relationship look with, with God? Yeah? And if, if you are married, how does your relationship look with your man or your, or your husband? Um, and how does that reflect? If I look at you, I look at hugs. I look at shrugs, maybe. I look at comments of affirmation. We can see people apologizing or maybe belittling comments. Yeah? Um, maybe uh, you know most type of comments. Um, how, how, how do you reflect your marriage? And how does your relationship with God look, if I look at you, if you are single? Um, does it stir me to a relationship with Jesus? If I, if I look at your marriage, does it stir me and does it remind me of the relationship between Jesus and the church? Yeah? Jesus being the servant, laying himself down. Husband serving his wife like Jesus served the church. Jesus made, was, was, was submitting to the Father. They were equal, but he submitted willingly. Is that how your marriage looked like? And I want to maybe ask you to reflect on that. Maybe have a, have a quick thought about how does it look to you? How do you feel about it? All right. So let's dive into it. We are going to read from verse 22, and then I'm going to take us back a few verses earlier just to explain a bit of, of context. So we'll start from verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands. It's quite important. As to the Lord, 
Né? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. And it ends off, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So we're going to read certain passages again of certain parts when I explain certain, certain ideas. But I want to go a bit back to verse 18 and I just want to read it also for us. That is, this is the, the part just before. It says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thank always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then it says, wives, submit to your husband. So very important here, the first point that I want to make is that it says, do not get drunk, but be filled with the Spirit. So this is important. This also clarifies where, why there is so much abuse. This filled with the Spirit gives us a mindset. So filled with the Spirit means that we are saved. We received the Holy Spirit. We are born again. When we are born again, it changes our attitude. It gives us an attitude of Jesus, being a servant. If we do not have the Spirit, uh, 1 Corinthians 2 says that it's folly to us. It's like um, this dwarzite. It doesn't make sense. Why should a wife submit to, to a man, eh? to her husband? It doesn't make sense. But when we have the spirit of the Lord and that we are going to focus on that, then it, it becomes wisdom. It becomes godly wisdom. Amen? And I want to make an invitation. If you are unsure whether you are filled with the spirit, whether you are born again, I want to give you an invitation even right now to give your heart to Jesus. To say, Lord, I want to follow you. Say, Holy Spirit, come and follow me. And we want to pray for you afterwards. And I will make an invitation for that. Please do. Please come. Okay, it's very important that we understand this. All right. So, it starts off by wives. I would like this part to start with husbands. (laughs) But that's not how it starts. It starts with wives. And there's a reason why I, I think... Maybe that's also why it's uncomfortable sometimes, is when the wife 
understands the husband's role, it's easy to submit. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But when it's out of context, we don't understand it. So we're going to stay with Paul's structure. We're going to start with the wife. Um, and, I, and I want to note a few things that is important. So it says, let's read it again. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Okay? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So important first thing to note, this has nothing to do with the workplace. This has nothing to do outside of marriage. Amen? Because it says, wives, husbands. Okay. Second thing to note, it has nothing to do with the dating relationship. Girlfriends, you do not submit under your boyfriend. You submit under your daddy. It's important. When you marry, it differs. So God is also always our first love. He's the one before our fathers and before our husbands, but in that order. Okay, when you marry, then you submit under, under your husband. All right. And this actually has nothing to do with roles in the church. It has to do with roles in marriage. It doesn't mean that you are less gifted wives. It does not mean that. Sometimes I I hear guys say, yo, but my wife, she's gifted. Yo. And that's wonderful. No, she's she's more intelligent than you. She's not necessarily more gifted. Okay, it's important. Okay. (laughs) All right. So let's go through a few points that this verse does not mean. Like I said, wives are not unequal. We are not unequal. We are equal beings. It says beautifully in Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus washing his disciples' feet. He's more than equal. He's God and he serves. Jesus is saying in, in the garden, Lord, not my will, but yours. They are both God. It has nothing to do with equality. He submits willingly under the Father. Amen? So they are equal. Okay. Second thing, this does not mean that wives have to agree on everything. That's a relief, eh? (laughs) Especially if your husband does not do things according to the Lord. Also important. So the, the God is our first love. We firstly submit to him. When your husband does things that is not from God or he asks you to cheat on whatever or he's being unethical, your first love is God. Amen? Okay, and that is also important. There's a good verse um, where the high priest says to Peter, you shall stop, eh? Um, teaching in Jesus' name. And Peter and the apostles say, Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than men. So it's something that we see, obviously. Okay, important thing. You don't have to agree on everything. 
Third thing, you do have influence. So it doesn't mean that you don't have any influence in a marriage. Okay, that's awesome. You have a big part to play. Okay. It says in 1 Peter 3, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. There's that word again, own. Not some other husband, your own husband. If there's also any man that would like you to submit under them, you go tell your husband. <laughs> you sort it out. Okay, you're to your own husband. Um, so that even if some do not obey the word, that they may be one without the word by the conduct of, your, of, their, of their wives. This means that you have influence. That word one means that you have a big role to play. Amen? Wife possesses the power to win their husbands for the Lord. If they are distracted maybe, you have the power to influence. And it's your role to influence towards godliness. Amen? It's important. You have influence. You have a big role to play. It does not mean that, this is important, that a wife should live in fear. Okay, to mean that you have to submit unto your husband does not mean that you have to, to live in, in any fear. 1 John, it says a lot in the Bible that husbands love your wives. And 1 John beautifully says, 1 John 4 verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And also, I want to make an invitation. If you feel that you are living in fear, anyone who is in a relationship, and you are even too scared to maybe say so, because he's maybe around, we want you to come and talk to us. Statistics say that there's about 20% of relationships that's abusive. Okay, and it doesn't mean we will go and beat up some people, <laughs> but we would like to address it. Amen? James says that it, it should be in the light. Okay, there's a, a beautiful um, definition of the word submission. John Piper says it beautifully. He says, submission is the divine calling. So it's something that comes from God. It's not something that people tell you. It's something that God tells us to do. It's a divine calling. So it's not just something to do. It's a calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership. So not to kick against it, but to honor it and affirm it and help him carry it through according to her gift. That gift that you possess is important. Okay, Carry that through with your husband. Let me read it again if you want to write it down. Submission is the divine calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and help him to carry it through according to her gift. All right, so now we tackled everything that it does not mean. What does it mean? So the first thing that it does mean is that the husband is the head of the house. Okay, it, it says very in easy English for the husband is the head of the wife. And that means that head is the word kephala in Greek. It means to have authority over have authority over the wife. That's, that's what it means. Okay, and I, I have a nice, we have a nice, we had a nice game when we were small, when we were kids. Uh, it, it was called follow the leader. Who of you knew that? Okay. If I walked in this direction and I did this, everyone needed to do the same. And then you get that one guy who likes to climb the tree <laughs> and jumps the fence or something weird. 
Don't be that guy. <laughs> you are either leading your, your wife and your household towards Christ or you are leading them in the bush, in oblivion, away from, from Christ. And it's important to just now and then check what's going on behind you. Are they following the Lord? Now, are you following the Lord? Something to reflect on. Jesus, God made it this way. You will lead. It will be, it will be weird if the, if the wife should, should lead. It's out of place. We, our natural tendency will be to follow the husband. Okay, And it's important because it comes with a great responsibility. You need to lead well. It also means that big decisions will, go, will come down on your head. And you have to bear the consequences. It doesn't mean that every decision you have to make, but the big ones. Ne? Okay. It, it also means that the, the second thing it means, the husband is the primary disciplinarian. Okay, the primary one. Not the only one necessarily, but the one who oversees. Okay. So um, when you know, booty messed up, um, it's important that you don't, the task is not delegated to mommy to go and sort it out. The husband needs to be present. Amen? Okay, the third thing that it means, it means that the wives are there to help us. To help Um, every husband say I need help or every man every man say loudly I need help <laughs> if your wife is here please tell her I need your help <laughs> okay, it's important this is something that God said then the Lord God said it is not good for the man should be alone I will make him a helper Okay, so she's our helper. And we need your help. Alright, husbands. Let's read from verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. How did Christ love the church? So we're going to look at, at, at a few ways now how we should love our wives. The first one is sacrificially, to sacrifice ourselves. It says in that, in that, scene, in that verse 25, and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. How does it look? To, to love us sacrificially. The second thing that it means, we need to serve her. In Mark 10, verse 45, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I, I maybe think of this example where we get out of the car and we are on our way to a braai and the husband is out of the car and he's walking and he's greeting and here the poor wife comes with the pram and the baby and knocks open the door and stuff like that. That's not the way, ne? She's the queen. We need to serve her. And we, we don't always get it right, amen? But it shouldn't look like that. We need to serve our wives. 
And the third one is no selfishness. <laughs> you lovey, I, I have a good idea. I'm going to buy you a fishing rod. I know you'd like it. And then you go and do it. Just buy a lacquer, come do it. That's selfish. Okay, buy a things that's on her list, not yours. Okay, Philippians 2 says, do, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than others. That is how Jesus loved his church. The fourth one is unconditionally. We need to love them unconditionally. Romans 8 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Does your wife know that you love her unconditionally? It's, a, it's such an attack of the enemy on, on this subject. I always wondered why it's sometimes difficult to say, I love you. He says, I know most, you know most I love you. I married you, obviously I love you. No, that's not the way, no. We need to tell them we love them. Does your, know, does your wife know that you love her unconditionally? doesn't matter what she does. With it, the first one is with, we love them with a tender authority. A tender authority, how does that look like? We have the authority now. With a tender one. Colossians 3 says it beautifully. It says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh. Do not be harsh. If I think, think of an example, a wife comes in, says something like, Lovey, can we go Saturday to this? Or, and you're just like, No. Or just no. That's harsh. Né? But to say, maybe, maybe a bit later, Saturday, the morning I'm doing this, maybe we can. Do it a bit later. That's better. Okay. Uh, I th- just think of how much times we, we are just harsh. Yeah? In the Afrikaans it says, um, don't make life miserable. Yeah? Don't make life bitter. Um, and do you, do you make, make life better for your wife or do you make it better? Are you harsh? Okay, just something to reflect on. Tender authority. So to focus on this topic of laying ourselves down for the husbands, we look at Matthew 20. And Jesus called them and he, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. And then oh, in this twin, verse 26, he's explaining this authority and how it should look like. It says, And and it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. To give his life as a ransom for many. Having the authorities comes with a great responsibility. And Jesus took this this ego and the self-centeredness of authority. Now I have the authority. And he took it out of authority. He, and, and he redefined it as the capacity to, to love and to serve. 
even unto death, in order to bring out the happiness and the holiness of his bride. To bring out the holiness of your wife. It's beautiful, right? For the woman, we look at Philippians 2. I'm just going to read parts of it. The first one is, who though he was in the form of God, from verse 6, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. This is Jesus, no? Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Willingly humbled himself. They were not unequal to something that he needed to do willingly in order because he loved the Father. Submitted himself below the Father. Saying, okay, I will do this. He even asked to take away this cup. But he did it. That's how wives should submit. Our worth is not in our roles. Amen. But God, God regards us sons and daughters and he will make us co-heirs with him. Men and women. Okay, and um, Ephesians at the end, it ends off with this. It says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself. So husbands, love your wives. And wives, see that you respect your husband. And we look at this and it makes sense. The crazy cycle. He reacts without love. She reacts without respect. And this goes very south, very quickly. Until one of us decides to step out of this cycle. To say that I will love husbands and I will respect and when this happens, it motivates the other one. Now when I say, okay, I love you. Now I'm, I'm stop, stopping reacting in this without love cycle. It motivates the respect of my, of my wife. And the other way around as well. All right. So that brings us to the first point. The second point will be a bit quicker. The first one is, you need to take the Jesus role in your marriage, whether it's submitting, whether it's loving, unto the point of death. And I want to focus a bit on what's happening if we do not do this. If we are not taking up this Jesus role in our marriage, what happens? We see marriage and relationships as a fulfillment tool there's something that needs to fill me. I'm not filled. You are not doing things right. Therefore, I'm out of this. And that's what's happening. In the beginning, I didn't share the statistics. But the statistics is, is like 25%. It's a 50% divorce rate at this stage um, in the world. It was 25% in 1960. It's raising. It says in Timothy that we will be lovers of ourselves. Nah, a fulfillment too. It's very important. If we, if we do not take the, the Jesus role, it puts tremendous pressure on our marriages. Because we want to be filled. If we look at, if we, if we look at marriage this way, it will look that, and you have to then get someone that you, is per, you, you they should be perfect. 
and you should be perfect for them. Otherwise, it's, it's not fulfilling. And then they should be keen to jump in bed anytime because it's, I need to be fulfilled. Amen? And then, if you, maybe if you are single, not married yet, you need to test this thing because if it's not going to work, then I'm out as well. So let's stay together for a while. And then it goes south and south and south. They must be good looking, they must have a job, and they must be a Christian. You're not going to find anyone. Okay, so <laughs> it's important, guys, y'all. It's important that we lay ourselves down when we look at relationship. Not something that I need fulfilling for, and I'm, I'm going to explain it a bit. When we lay ourselves down, we experience the most love, the most joy, the best time of our lives. And I'm going to explain why. And explain why. Let's start with, with an example. Think of the first time where you held um, someone's hand, maybe kissed someone. You had a, a bit of a butterfly in your mouth, uh, in, in your stomach. Or maybe in your mouth, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> in your stomach. What is that? What is that feeling? <laughs> is it love? I don't know. Do you still get that feeling? Do you love your wife? No, it's not love. It's not only love. Let's say there can be love in, in it, but it's not only love. It's a, I like to call it an ego boost. Because we, we adore someone, we like someone, we think they are, they are hot, and they are choosing us as well. And then we, we get this fulfillment. But it only lasts for a while, amen? Think of, think of children. Love, love is a sacrificial thing. And when we sacrifice ourselves, we experience more love for this person. Think of children, like I think of my, my small daughter. I've only <laughs> changed nappies maybe, and it's get, getting better. She's, she's becoming more cuter and cuter. But um, definitely it's a laying down thing, and I, I love this child. How does that work? It's the other way around than the world teaches us. The world teaches us that, no, you need to, you need to step on people to get to the top. The only way that you'll be loved is when someone fills you. No, the only one that can truly fill us is the Lord and he's telling us to lay ourselves down because then we'll experience more love. It's strange. That's why I said you need to be spirit-filled to understand these things. It doesn't make sense the other way around. Okay, we, there is delight in investing your life into someone. There's delight in investing your life in, for Jesus. When we invest in our relationship with, with Jesus, we will love him more. We will love him more. That's how it works. That's how he created us. If you could create something and, and orders it to do something, he created you. He knows what's best for you. Okay, and it's, it's to lay yourself down it's better for us to serve. 
not better for the other one. It's also better for the other one. It's amazing how this works. When we lay ourselves down, it's better for you. It's more, more joy for you. God created us this way. So our second point for tonight is love is a, a sacrificial act that is needed for any biblical relationship. It's a sacrificial act. When we want to go into a relationship with anyone, singles with anyone, it needs to, we have to have the mindset of Christ to lay ourselves down. We, we do not understand what, what satisfies us. God created us. He understands. And the world will constantly learn or teach you something different. That's important. So I have a few points for us to pray through. So yeah, are you keen to stand with me and then I'll pray for us and I'm going to give us a few points to pray through. Um, so let, let's pray. Let, please stand with me. Yo, yo, Jesus, we need you. We need you in our lives. We need you in our relationships, Holy Spirit. We need your guidance. We need your wisdom. We, we do not know how to do this, Lord, without you. You are the one who gives us the wisdom. You are the one that guides us in our relationships, Lord. If we, if we listen to the world, we, will, we won't make it. And maybe, um, maybe tonight you feel that you maybe want to reinvest into, into some relationship, maybe your relationship with the Lord, maybe your relationship with, with your wife. Just stay where you are. Just, just pray a prayer of, Lord, I want to reinvest in this. I want to lay myself down. The only way to, to love them more, Lord, is to, to sacrifice myself. To love you more. We want to reinvest in this relationship with you. Maybe you feel that there's something in your life that you are struggling to sacrifice. Maybe there's this one thing that you feel that you're struggling to let go. Just surrender that tonight. Just surrender that thing. Just, just take that step of faith and say, Lord, here it is. I want to surrender this thing. If you need prayer for that, please, please join us. Afterwards, and if you feel that you are maybe not, you're maybe not sure whether you are filled with the Holy Spirit, please, please join us at the end. Please join us at the end. Just pray for, with someone. We want to pray with you. Our Lord, we pray for each heart for obedience. Thank you, Lord, that you are busy working in each of our hearts, Lord. Even if we do not see it, Lord, you are working it. You are busy. And we just want to surrender you know, anything that we think might work, Lord, to your will. 
Thank you that there's more joy in it and more love, Lord, more acceptance in your will. In Jesus' name.